got Data Robot up next. And, you know, Julie, Julie Barrows. Yes. I have an observation. Okay. Uh, What's your, yeah. you, you your know, observation? We're always out there preaching two things, right? That would be two. Um, one is find a way to get analytics at scale, at scale, right? By enabling the, the business users, the savvy analytic engineers, right? Um, the people that are really, really data savvy. And the other thing is we're telling people the new table stakes is you got to be doing machine learning based predictive analytics, right? Mm -hmm. right? And yep. uh, I am so excited about our partnership with these guys. Yeah. Right? And, and to most organizations, it's really daunting, you know, and this is a new partner of ours. We just um, signed up with them in November. And I got to tell you something. I see people having their aha moments mm -hmm. all the time when I'm on demos and stuff. Um, a couple things that we heard, we just had a, a data robot hands-on workshop last week and it was, or two weeks ago. It was great. We had a really great turnout. We had 30 people 15 live, 15 from around the world. And I was sitting next to a PhD data scientist who runs a ventures lab. And she was kind of apprehensive about coming. And I said, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Come on over anyway. And she said about halfway through, she leans over and she goes, I don't understand why this, everyone that has Excel on their desktop should have this on their desktop, should have data robot on their desktop. And I went, <laughs> wow. That was so, a change because she was- She uh, was she really was apprehensive, mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other one, uh, I, Jeff, I like what you said. You know, people are a little, it's daunting to people to bring an AI ML because they feel like they have to go hire very expensive people. They're hard to find, these people are. And mm -hmm. I loved what you said towards the end of the workshop too. You go, you know, take those teams of data scientists that are already in organizations and put the, so, uh, the citizen data science work with data robot, have those teams become more of a governance level, you know, to totally. say this it was a great model. Yeah, let's go ahead and productionalize it and, you know, do whatever those people do to it on Mike's side of the house. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I thought that was great too. So a lot of good stuff coming out of the workshop and comments and learnings, I should say, but I think you're going to be pretty amazed at what you see today. I know that, like I said, we had our aha moments and our clients continue to have their aha moments. So uh, everybody, I'd like to introduce you to Jeff Phipps, the account executive at Data Robot, and his colleague, Ian Cox, who is a customer-facing data scientist. Um, so I would like to turn it over to you, Jeff, and let's, let's get excited with this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, appreciate you know you all incorporating us here. We love partnering with with great data minds, um, and happy to you know spend spend a few minutes here uh, for, for this morning for us, not not in the evening like Hassan over there uh, in Dubai. Uh, but what we're uh, what we wanted to, to to bring you all through today was um, you know for folks who have never heard of Data Robot, uh, we wanted to to give a good overview of of the company, who we are, um, you know where we where we were founded, and and kind of why we exist, so to speak. Um, and then we want to talk a little bit about what we've built from a technology perspective and how we help our clients really bring AI to, to every facet of their organization, every function of their organization. Um, and uh, Ian is going to uh, actually show you a little bit of uh, the technology today and, and show you how, how we actually do this and, and bring these things to life. So um, with that said, uh, let me 
let me go ahead and start sharing here on my screen. I've got just a couple couple setup slides to talk a little bit about who we are and, and what it is that we do. Um, and Ian, I've got I still have your your uh, your face up here. Can you can you confirm this is coming through? Looking good. Yes, looking good. Uh, okay, okay, good stuff. Uh, and folks, for, if you've got questions throughout throughout this at any point, um, please pop them in the chat. You know, Ian's going to be monitoring while I'm I'm kind of going through this, and then while he's he's online, I'm going to be monitoring the questions too. So we're happy to take questions here and, and obviously offline as well. So, um, so data robot, I, I always like to start here. Uh, you know, why do we exist? You know, what, what's, what, why data robot, so to speak? Uh, and, you know, at a high level, I'll probably preach it to the choir to a lot of the folks who are on the line here, but data science is hard. It's really difficult to do, especially if you're in, um, you know, a complex organization that has a lot of data, a lot of challenges that you're trying to solve with data. Um, it, it's just difficult and it's complex. And, you know, you need, uh, you know, really a, a highly skilled staff, um, highly skilled, uh, you know, sort of skill set in order to do data science, develop AI and ML solutions, and then actually get them into production so that they can help you start solving these business challenges. And, you know, what we see in the field working with uh, our clients on a day-to-day -day basis, what Gartner and McKinsey and every other major analyst firm out there, um, you know, has done studies on is that most projects fail to get out of that experimentation kind of ideation phase. You know, we've done such a great job uh, as companies hoarding data, right, for the last, you know, uh, N decades. Uh, we have a, a mountain of data and now we're trying to find ways to drive value out of that data using, you know, various techniques and tools and AI and ML is extremely promising in terms of the types of outcomes that, you know, uh, organizations are, are driving using these advanced techniques. But, yeah, you know, this, this uh, uh, last line here, there's no standard process from data to value. This actually came out of the McKinsey State of AI uh, 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 report that came out, I think it was a year or two ago now. Um, but what they found is one of the real big common denominators as to why organizations are still in kind of that experimental phase is because they're doing data science and creating these solutions in, in silos within an organization, right? And when you have kind of that concentration of, you know, all of your data science resources, you know, to help build fraud solutions or to help build marketing solutions or operation solutions, it can be really, really difficult to try to take that up a level to the enterprise and make that a repeatable process across multiple use cases, especially as, you know, you start to push more of this into production. So, um, and, you know, Julie actually just mentioned this a moment ago when we were kind of uh, just bantering back and forth there a little bit. Um, there is a huge uh, need for these skill sets and organizations and everyone's trying to hire for them. Um, this number, this 3 million, 3 million job openings number here was actually a study that was done by Indeed.com. And what they found is that in the, in the world of kind of data science and machine learning and you know, these, these kind of core skill sets that you need in order to advance your data science program, there's a huge amount of opening open positions. And there's only about a million or folks um, or that have kind of that, that skill set and that applied ML experience in order to, to come in and satisfy these needs. And we see this all the time too, right? Every customer that we work with, um, you know, you could go to their careers page and just type in data science and they're, they're probably hiring for five, 10 different folks in the engineering space and the data science space. It's very difficult to um, hire on this kind of really, really uh, a unique skill set and then, and then retain them and, and keep them on inside of your company too, because they're in such high demand, right? Uh, we've been talking about this, you know, when we all used to go to, I mean, we're starting to come back to conferences, but, you know, over the last, you know, five years, 10 years, every conference we go to, everyone's talking about, you know, citizen data scientists and this great shortage that is coming, you know, in the world of data science and AI and ML, and we're living in it today in, in a very, very real way, right? Um, and then the, the final piece here 
is, you know, even though most, most uh, of these solutions don't ever make it into production, the ones that do are, are typically not monitored very well. You know, it, it's requiring, again, a lot of times these highly paid resources to just literally have their eyeballs on the solution to notice when the, the performance is degrading, when a solution needs to be retrained, you know, is there accuracy, is, is, has the data changed? And now that, that's kind of changing the performance of the solution. Um, and, and largely due to, uh, you know, in, in the world of technologies that are out there to help operationalize these solutions, it's just a very immature market in a lot of ways, right? And so I, I kind of like to paint this picture of like, this is, this is what we see in the marketplace, you know, working with our clients on a day in, day out basis. This is what you, you see in all of the reports that are coming out from all the trusted analyst firms. Um, and this is really kind of the basis as to why uh, Data Robot was started. And so, you know, a little bit about us and our company. We were founded in 2012. Um, since that date, uh, we've actually taken on over a billion dollars in investment for our company, which is pretty significant. Um, on staff today, we have about 1,500 people globally, uh, global office all over the globe. Um, and about half of those folks uh, are, are trained data scientists and engineers with applied ML experience. That's a, that's a huge piece of our company. Um, and you know, with all of this really rich knowledge and experience that we have from that side of the house, what we've done is, is built an end-to-end, truly extensible AI and ML development platform to help both your advanced data science users, your junior data science users, citizen data scientists, SMEs within an organization, um, IT operations folks. You know, we've built an extensible platform to target the areas in the data science workflow that you have today and unlock those major bottlenecks and then make it easier for the different teams who have different responsibilities for kind of the life cycle of AI and ML to have the tooling that they need to, and the automation that they need in order to, you know, build, deploy, and manage and monitor the, these high impact solutions at enterprise scale, right? Um, something that, that we've always kept at kind of the heart of, of all the capabilities that we've built is it has to be clear and it has to be trusted. You know, you know, building predictive models, actually having predictions, actionable insights that, you know, a marketing person is going to go uh, leverage in order to decide, you know, where they go spend, you know, this, this quarter's budget on campaigns. It could be really impactful. These could be really big time decisions. And so if those predictions don't have, you know, trust in them, if they don't have explainability, if they're not transparent, um, you could go through months and months and months of developing these, these, these types of solutions and sync up a tremendous amount of cost in there for, the business users to never actually adopt and use them and get and get value out of out of those potential solutions. And then, uh, you know, the final piece uh, that I always like to, to highlight here is that we can do this at scale with some. We've, we're doing this with some of the biggest brands in the world. And just a, a couple of a quick stats on our SaaS offering that we have today. Uh, we've ran over a million AI and ML projects through our SaaS platform. And we've generated over a trillion predictions for our clients. Uh, it's, it, it was something, I think, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's something like 40 or 50 models a second are being built on our SaaS platform. Uh, and that's just the customers that are using us on, in a SaaS instance. We have you know, a lot of customers out there for various reasons who have you know, installed us on their VPC, installed us on-prem. Um, but you know, this, is, uh, this is truly who we are as Data Robot and, uh, and why we exist today. So. Um, a, a kind of a visual as to the platform that we've built. You know, when you think of the, the process and the workflow around data science, it all starts with data, 
right? You need to connect two data. It's disparate. It's typically pretty messy. There's always a lot of data preparation that has to happen. And so when we start kind of here on the left-hand side of it, you know, uh, being that our, our platform's extensible, if, if you need both code-centric as well as uh, code-free capabilities to empower, you know, your data scientists, you know, maybe your more code-centric folks, as well as maybe your analyst community, your SME community, who they know the domain of that data really well, but they don't have kind of those uh, data science coding skills in order to, to get the data ready for modeling. We have built those capabilities into kind of the preparation phase of, of, the, of the data science workflow within our, our platform. You know, as you kind of move further through, you've got data, you've prepped it, it's ready for modeling. Now you need to go apply various modeling techniques to understand which is going to be most performant based on the outcome that we want to drive. Um, you know, th this is where the, the data science uh, uh, experience really comes into play heavily. And this is a huge bottleneck for most organizations, because if you don't have those data scientists on staff with that applied experience, they may not, you, know, you may not be able to know which models are best, how to build those models from scratch, how to actually uh, efficiently test and validate which models are going to be, uh, you know, the most useful for your specific use case. And this is kind of the claim to fame for data robot. When, when we first actually came into the market, uh, AutoML was our first real capability. And uh, we were the category creators for automated machine learning. And we help, you know, unlock those major bottlenecks, you know, when it comes to feature engineering, testing various modeling techniques, validating which ones are actually going to be performing the best. Um, we can take, you know, from what I was actually on a call yesterday, and I was asking uh, one of our prospective clients in the gaming uh, industry, you know, how long does it take when you've got a new idea, you've got some data, maybe you're trying to reduce customer churn, how long does it take you to actually get to a potential solution, a model which you want to go push into production? And they told us, you know, three months at best, six months on average, right? Because we've got a small data science team. They've got a big backlog. Um, and now they're looking to scale and they're looking to bring speed to this program. And automation is really the only pragmatic way to do that. Can't go hire an army of 100 data scientists. I think data robots hired most of them. So, uh, you know, we built the platform to help our customers scale. Um, you know, as you, as you kind of move forward, you know, what we've really seen, we really started in that ML dev space that, uh, you know, auto ML, you know, capability was kind of the core of what we did. But it's one thing to be able to, to be able to build out potential solutions really rapidly. But if you can't get them into production, you're not getting any value out of them. It, all, all of the time up until that point is still essentially sunk cost. So the ability to not only quickly build solutions, but then deploy them flexibly into different environments, into production to where they're actually producing value for you, huge. And so this is what we call ML ops or ML operations. Um, you know, we've built capabilities to make the deployment of models extremely simple and extremely quick. You know, most organizations are, are having to take a model that's written in Python, that's written in R, that's written in some sort of modeling language, and then hand it over to their IT team. And their IT team has to build environments. They've got to translate this into another code like Java or something. The deployment process itself can take months as well. And when you kind of add all this time up, you know, speed is key. You know, these solutions are, are notorious for degrading and performance very quickly. And so if you're not able to go from data and an idea to model in production very rapidly, there's a huge amount of value that, you know, could be potentially uh, acquired, but you got to be fast and you got to be accurate. Right. Uh, and then kind of on the, the final piece of this, uh, you know, in the consumption layer, you got to have different ways to help the business understand how the investments in AI and ML are actually driving value back to your business. And you got to give your business users different ways to be able to consume this. You know, maybe you're embedding these models into some system that's making automated recommendations or creating lists, or maybe it's in a dashboard. Maybe you're wanting to put this into, 
um, you know, like a, a Tableau dashboard, or maybe have this accessible, these predictions accessible in another BI tool like a ThoughtSpot, right? Being able to, to have flexibility in where you can deploy these types of predictive solutions is very, very powerful. And that's kind of the, the last tail end that we've, we've rounded off our platform with. And the whole, whole vision here is to take the months of work that it takes to go from an idea and data to actually model in production and condense this down significantly into weeks, even days, and to be able to then do that at scale, right? Manage all of these various solutions in production, how much value they're producing for the organization and being able to do this in a really scalable way, right? Um, so that's the vision of, uh, of Data Robot and you know a little bit about some of our customers here. Um, again, we were founded in 2012. We have over a thousand uh, you know, globally recognized brands as, as our customers who we've partnered with to help them really scale out their AI and ML endeavors. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of share a couple of uh, quick stories with uh, one of our, our, our more recent customers is AB InBev, right? Um, everyone knows them. They, they make a lot of beer, uh, big, uh, beer, big beer shop. And um, you know, they had some uh, forecasting issues for their stock. And in their first five weeks of production deployment, uh, leveraging the data robot platform, as well as our AI success team and that whole you know, big giant team of 750 data scientists and engineers and all their experience, you know, we were able to help them create a framework and get some use cases out into production quickly. They generated, I think it was about 17 or $18 million in revenue in their first five weeks with their initial set of use cases that we helped them deploy into production. Um, so the, the, the time to value is rapid and it's, it's significant. Um, you know, another example of this uh, is Bank of America. They've been a longstanding customer of DataRobot. And um, actually within their first year, they, they, in their, current, their foreign currency uh, transactions department, they were doing this manually. You know, people were having to, to take currency from one, uh, you know, from one area and then transfer it into another. And because of the human errors that were happening, it was actually costing their company a pretty significant amount of money given how many transactions they process. And so by being, able, by being able to predict when those potential errors would happen, um, they were able to reduce that significantly and they drove nearly $100 million of additional revenue just on this one use case in their first year of uh, deploying, uh, their, uh, deploying their, their data robot instance. So, you know, and th these types of, you know, you know, really substantial outcomes that I'm talking about here, $17 million, $100 million, we've got other customers that talk openly about, you know, $40 million and 200 million. I mean, it's, it's significant. And that's really the promise uh, and the, and the output that AI and ML can have and the impact that it can have on your organization. But again, really the only pragmatic way to be able to scale this out to multiple functional areas within your organization and tackle multiple use cases is to have a, a standardized framework to go from data to value and have all of the automation capabilities across that workflow to help you unlock those various bottlenecks, right? So with that being said, I just got uh, one, more, one more quick slide here to kind of give a, a, a view of, of the platform and, and who we are as a company uh, before we hand it over to Ian. Uh, but this is the AI cloud platform by DataRobot. You know, it's, it's a single platform, it's created for all users. Uh, again, I said, you know, your, your data scientists, your junior data scientists, your citizen data scientists, those are your creators, right? People who can, can jump into the data science workflow and actually start to build potential solutions to go solve business challenges. To your operators, you know, we need to, uh, we, we've built out the, the platform to, to give all of the monitoring and management capabilities so that when you need to take a solution and get it into production and then understand the health of that solution as well over time, um, you know, we've equipped 
you know, our, our clients and, and the DevOps, IT, and risk and compliance teams with all the tooling that they need in order to, to do this efficiently. And then again, on the end with the consumers, you need to be able to make it easy for your business consumers and trustable by your business consumers so that they'll actually adopt these types of solutions and make those, those decisions based on the predictions that are coming out of, of these really powerful models. Um, and again, everything that you see here, unified end-to-end -end platform, it's completely extensible. If you've got great data prep tools in place and you know, you're, you're doing all that stuff, that's great. You don't have to have that portion. You don't have to use that portion of our, our platform. We're not gonna force everyone in to use data robot, data robot only, right? It's let's identify the areas where automation could help and then help you, help you implement those from our platform and work with your workflow. Because I mean, Ian, you've seen this more than I have. I mean, the, these, uh, everyone's on a different stage in their AI and ML journey. Everyone's got a different maturity level. Everyone has a different amount of, of resources. And with all that, there's a different type of challenge that you know, eats up a certain amount of time across their workflow. Um, so whether it's you know, preparing, building, testing those models, deploying those models, managing them in production, or integrating them in and, 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 and uh, measuring the value of those in production, all of those uh, capabilities have been built into our end-to-end -end platform. Uh, last two things. One, we can take data from essentially any source, time series data, uh, uh, visual uh, picture like data, um, geolocation data, tabular, obviously, and then unstructured text data. Uh, and then we can be deployed anywhere, like I had mentioned before. So on-prem, BPC, uh, most of our clients now these days are going towards our, our SaaS offering for obvious reasons. Fast deployment, you know, no headaches in terms of the overall management, no infrastructure stuff. You don't have to deal with upgrades and, you know, maintenance and those sort of things. It's, you know, kind of spins up fast, gets you to value very quickly and is easy to manage over time. Um, and then I think one of the most important things is that, you know, we don't lock you into a certain vendor. You know, most of our clients today are have some sort of multi-cloud hybrid approach. Um, and we want to be extensible and be easy to work with and help you you know, take these solutions and get them into the various places of your business that you need and not be, you know, constrained by various infrastructures or, or certain types of cloud vendors. So um, that's a little bit about DataRobot. Wanted to make sure we, we gave a pretty decent overview before I handed it over to Ian. Um, again, if there are any questions that, you know, are coming up in the chat, we'll, we'll check them here in a minute and hopefully be able to get those answered for you. So uh, Ian, I'll stop, I'll stop sharing here now and hand it over to you, my friend. Sure. Thank you so much, Jeff, for uh, those slides. Really appreciative of the great Data Minds team for both of us to have some time to uh, speak with you today and show you a demo of Data Robot. So I'm actually going to pull up uh, my screen here, and um, you know I just want to uh, give everybody kind of like a high level expectation of what we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to be touring four different areas of the platform today. The first is data preparation to save your team weeks of time wrangling data. The second is automated machine learning, which can democratize AI. So all different users from any type of background can build AI models. The third is ML ops, so that engineering teams can have confidence in the machine learning applications running reliably in production. And then finally, I'd like to discuss the data robot pathfinder, which is a resource that provides solution accelerators uh, that can help you get from data to models quite quickly. And really, you know, Jeff covered this slide in incredible detail, so I don't have too much to add here. But really, you know, DataRobot, we want to democratize data science. The AI cloud platform is going to empower different personas to do more than ever and really supercharge that 
end-to-end machine learning lifecycle. What it comes down to is we at DataRobot, we want to make sure we're helping you solve those highly impactful business needs for you or for your customers by providing a platform that allows you to quickly build and deploy highly accurate and explainable models. Now, today we are going to be walking you through a machine learning project. The data that we're going to be using today is a data set from an e-commerce company that contains information relating to customer accounts and the result of if those customer accounts churned. And we're going to use this historical data of customer churn to predict if existing customers are likely to churn. And churn really is a very costly customer retention problem that a lot of different industries are dealing with. The cost to acquire new customers is many, many more times uh, greater than retaining uh, existing customers. So companies that can predict churn likelihood, they're going to have a leg up on the competition. They're going to be able to address those customers who are likely to churn. And in turn, that will increase the subscription rates. It's going to improve those retention numbers, and it will also result in improving the bottom line. And, you know, in addition to that, you also get a better understanding of why your customers churn. And today I'm going to show you just how easy it is to achieve this result using DataRobot's AI cloud platform. So we're going to be looking into DataRobot's visual data prep next. Uh, but before I get into too much detail here, I do want to mention that we have many native data connectors baked right into this platform. So no matter where your data is stored, you can easily pipe it right into DataRobot. And having many different data connectors available right out of the box, that's just another example of DataRobot providing a, an accelerator for your uh, business process. But when you have connected your data and you actually load it into Visual Data Prep, what you see here is you're going to see a tabular-like interface where you can easily see the raw values in each one of our columns. Again, this is a data set that contains information about customer churn. So we're going to have customer IDs and you know, some personal identifiable information here like age and location uh, and gender. We're going to have information about if they're loyalty members, how much they purchased in the last year, what type of purchases they make. And of course, all the way to the right of this data set is a column called is dormant. And this is the actual results column that is the outcome of if this customer on this row and this row and so forth churned or not. So um, what you see on the screen here beyond this tabular interface is on the left side of the screen, you see a steps section. And essentially the steps that have been applied to modify and transform this data. You start out at the bottom here with a raw data set, and every single step above this is a uh, step that we've used to manipulate or modify this data in some way. Even more to the left, you'll see many of our options for different types of functions and uh, transformations that we can apply to this data. Uh, I'll also mention that you can write SQL right in this platform as well. So if you are more comfortable working with code, you can absolutely uh, take either approach. We offer both. And the people on the call today might be wondering, why am I talking about data prep when I thought we were learning about machine learning? And, and really, I, I have to emphasize that data prep is a very important 
part of the machine learning process. Frequently, the data that is available is not in the perfect form to dive right in to build a good model. And a tool like Visual Data Prep, like I'm showing you here, makes it easy to perform steps like joins and aggregations, deduplications, and other many other different types of data transformations that are needed here. With just a couple of clicks, you can perform some very powerful transformations on this data. And automating these steps is going to put valuable time back in the hands of team members who are working on data prep. These easy to use functions are a big differentiator for DataRobot. But beyond just these steps here, it's great to be able to you know, manipulate this data, uh, but you might have at your place of work, lots of different people working on data prep. And what DataRobot is has done is actually make governance quite easy here by controlling who has access to data sets and project steps. Uh, let's say you have a group of data analysts working in tandem with a team of data scientists. You can control which team has access to manipulate and modify these steps here. Um, this is going to ensure that the people who do have access to data sets and the project steps aren't going to make any change that they shouldn't. But hypothetically, in the real world, let's say somebody does make a chain on change on accident. They they delete a step or perform something that they might not uh, they they shouldn't have done. Versioning is built right into this platform. So if I have a project step that I shouldn't have done, you can easily revert to a previous version here. You can even annotate these versions to describe what change was made and when. Uh, this is going to ensure that you know anybody who shouldn't have made a change there can easily revert that. Um, and finally, you can set up projects like this to run on a set schedule with a project flow. So let's say you have new records of customers hit your database every Monday. You can set up a project workflow that will essentially every Monday ingest data from wherever it is sourced, perform the steps here you've seen on the screen to clean up that data, and then you can, uh, you know, Essentially, after it's cleaned up, push it back to your source database. You could pipe it into DataRobot for predictions, or you could publish the data set to DataRobot's AI catalog. And the AI catalog is really just a repository of data sets that are to be used for machine learning model building. So that's a highlight of what the visual data prep uh, capabilities are in the platform. And we're next going to switch over to DataRobot's landing page here. And uh, we've cleaned up our data. Now we're going to start building models. And I will mention that you know we use Data Robots Visual Data Prep to clean up data today. But let's say you just had a flat file like a Excel notebook or a, a CSV. Um, we we can support drag and drop right into this landing page here. So you know if you have data and you want to quickly start building machine learning model, just drag it right from your desktop into this platform. And Another thing that I'll mention is the machine learning problem that we're addressing today is a binary classification problem. And really what that means is that there are two outcomes that we're trying to predict. If a customer is going to churn or if they're not going to churn. But DataRobot doesn't just support classification. It also supports regression and clustering, anomaly detection, of course, time series regression and time series classification. DataRobot's time series capabilities are really world-class that aren't available anywhere else. Um, and all of this modeling functionality is built right into DataRobot's AI Cloud platform. 
So what we're going to do next is we're going to select the data set that we actually cleaned up in the visual data prep. So we're going to select our churn data set from the AI catalog, and we're going to create a project. Now, once you select a data set to create a project in Data Robot, a couple of things are going to happen. The platform is going to determine the data types in this data set. It's going to perform a first pass of exploratory data analysis, and that will generate for us a data quality assessment. If there are any data scientists on the call today, you know uh, quite well that there are many different data quality issues that can be problematic for different machine learning algorithms. And this data quality assessment is an example of the built-in guidance and guardrails that DataRobot provides. We can see here that we have a couple columns that have excess zeros, and we have a couple columns that have outliers in some of our uh, columns in our data set. But not only it does Data Robot identify these problems to warn you about this so you don't have to manually investigate this when you start working with a data set. Once we start modeling, Data Robot is actually going to perform additional steps to ensure that problems, the data quality problems that these issues here could create, won't impact the quality of models that are produced. And beyond, you know, the data quality assessment report, we can see if we scroll down here, the different columns that we have in our data set, for example, age or gender, state. Um, and if we click into any of these, we can see a beautiful distribution of values here uh, highlighted. The one of the parts that's quite frustrating to do once you start working with a data set is visualizing it, seeing if there's any outliers, determining if there are missing uh, missing values there. There's a huge amount of effort that goes into the data quality investigation when you upload a data set. And with DataRobot, all of that is done for you automatically. But again, our uh, problem that we're trying to identify today is churn, and the column in our data set that contains that result is called is dormant. So we're going to select is dormant as the target that we want to predict today. And you can see this distribution of values here. We have true for the customers that have churned and false for the ones that did not. And once we identify our target, this is an intelligent platform, DataRobot has automatically suggested an optimization metric that will uh, work well with our binary classification type variable that we're targeting today. Um, and you can see this nice big start button in the uh, top center of the screen here. Just hold your excitement on that start button for now. I just want to briefly talk about uh, some of the advanced features that are available here. So if I show some of the advanced features before we kick off the modeling process, one advanced feature I really wanna highlight here because personally I think it's quite important is there's actually a wizard here in this platform that allows you and to, to guide you through the process to ensure that your models are fair and unbiased. Um, this is really important uh, in many different industries. Some industry verticals have a lot of very sensitive data, and it's incredibly important to be responsible when working with any kind of data from a protected class, like age or race or gender. Um, the bias and fairness feature in DataRobot allows you to identify and define the protected features that are used in your data set, and then it guides you through this process and provides recommendations to ensure 
that any predictions made from the model won't artificially favor any individual protected class. And ensuring unbiased and fair models is going to be something that all industries that deal with PII sensitive data are going to be insistent about. And using DataRobot, you have that capability built right in here to ensure that you're ahead of those conversations and guaranteeing fair and equal outcomes with your AI. And you know, there's many other advanced options here. If you are a uh, data scientist and you want to um, really drill into the detail, you can absolutely do that. There's a huge amount of options and knobs to, to turn here. Um, so let's uh, scroll back up to the top of the screen and actually let's click start now to see what the modeling process looks like. So like, just to recap what we've done so far, we have imported a data set to model. We've selected the target that we want to predict, and then we press start. A, a lot of uh, solutions out there require a big learning curve and an enormous amount of practice to get off the ground and running. And you're going to see right now just how easy it is to start building highly accurate machine learning models using DataRobot. And there are a couple steps that happen after we press start. A second pass of exploratory data analysis is going to be done, and that's going to show us feature importance. And you'll see that pop up on the screen in just a minute. A new column will show how important each one of these features in our data set is with correlation to our target variable. And beyond that uh, additional uh, feature importance generation there, the data is going to be split into different partitions. There's going to be different types of featureization methods leveraged for a different machine learning algorithms. Uh, and then many different machine learning algorithms are going to be evaluated against this data. And all of that happens after pressing start. Now, you're also going to see on the top right of the screen, the number of project workers here. And workers are essentially virtual machines that you can leverage to perform steps like building many different models in parallel. Think of adding additional, uh, think of adding additional workers to a project similar to adding additional people power or more data scientists to a project. Uh, DataRobot really puts valuable time back in the hands of different personas you have building models, as well as greatly enhancing their scalability. I'll also mention that if you have code first data scientists who are more used to working in a coding environment or a notebook to build and evaluate their models manually, uh, they can leverage our native R and Python APIs to perform any of the steps that you're seeing in the user interface, you can also do that in code here. Um, and so really, you know, a lot of solutions require you to work exclusively in code or exclusively in a UI. With DataRobot, you get the option to do both. And we've actually gotten plenty of feedback that even very advanced data scientists do like working with the UI. Uh, it's very intuitive. There's a huge amount of guidance built right in here for the many, many uh, options that are available in the product. DataRobot really offers a unique combination of the ability to quickly get going with any type of machine learning project while also allowing for, for full granular control and customization of the process. So while that is running, I, I'd estimate that this would take probably about 15, 20 minutes to complete here. I'm actually going to switch over to a completed project that used our same customer churn data to show you this feature importance column. So feature importance is a, a way of evaluating the nonlinear correlation with individual features and the target variable. It's a really great way to start understanding what features are likely to impact our models 
And if we quickly kind of drill into this, we can see uh, these are ranked descending here. So we can see the purchases made within a year, the days since their last purchase, and how much time that they're spending on the website. These are some of our most important features in this data set with relation to customer churn. So this is a good first pass to start understanding our data a little bit better. And again, we generated this just by pressing start. So now that we've seen the feature importance here, we're going to hop next into the model leaderboard. And the model leaderboard, I feel uh, good talking about this, is kind of like a tournament. We have a, a March Madness coming up later this month. I'm really excited about that. And the model leaderboard is a very similar data type tournament to March Madness. This is really a survival of the fittest competition between different machine learning algorithms, both open source and proprietary algorithms. And these are all ranked by how well they're working with our data. This ranking is based off of our optimization metric, which for this problem today is log loss. And essentially small amounts of training data are fed to different algorithms. The algorithms that perform well on small amounts of that data are then fed more data. And that process is going to continue until a top model is evaluated against all of the data that we have. You can see at the top of the screen here that DataRobot actually built 66 models against our e-commerce data just with one click to start the modeling process. I didn't have to write a single line of code to arrive at this result. If you're just getting started with your AI journey or you have resource bottlenecks due to capacity, building one model might be a very time-consuming process. And having the capability to quickly iterate through the modeling process, try many different approaches, it's going to allow you to scale quickly and put more time back into problem framing and actually execution for business value here on these models. No other platform or tool allows you to perform all of the pre-processing steps and try as many different modeling algorithms as quickly and easily as DataRobot. And I think I've shown that here today. Um, you can drill into any of these models here and get additional detail on how they're working here as well. It's not just the overall score here. There's a lot more information that we have available for every single model on the leaderboard. So I'm going to drill into our top model here, and I'm going to show you next the model blueprints. So model blueprints are a transparent and explainable way to see how a model is working. You can click into any step here on uh, this blueprint to get in more information about what this step is doing. Um, and all these steps link to our product documentation. So if you need to understand what any of these blueprints are, are doing or what step is happening when, we have access to that here as well as uh, a lot of information about any parameters that can be tweaked here if you want to get into customization of this model. Um, and, and really, you know, I mentioned the models on this leaderboard are ranked by our optimization metric, but there's a lot more detail here as well. If we go to the evaluate section of any model, um, here is where you can determine how well this model is performing. I will say that these sections do get a, a bit technical uh, with data science concepts, so I won't dig in here too much, but it is worth mentioning that here is where advanced data scientists could come and spend more time and evaluate exactly what is going on in this model. And these metrics are available across any model that's on the leaderboard. So you can really get a very fine level of understanding of how this model is working with your business problem.
Now, beyond the evaluate section, which is more technical, we have the understand section, which is very helpful for consumers or end users here. We can first see the feature impact, and feature impact is going to let us know how influential each of our features are to this specific model. We can see that for this algorithm, the uh, purchases within one year and the days since previous purchase and how much the purchase amount was for, these are our most important features with relation to this modeling algorithm on the leaderboard. We can also see how much impact each of these features has by evaluating the features effects section. And here you can see how impactful specific values of these underlying features are as this model prediction changed. So this is going to depict how the likelihood to churn changes when the input features take on different values. So let's see if we were on the duration of website visits here. You can see that the if, if you have a low amount of time spent on the website, you have a high likelihood to churn. Those customers that are in the website every day, uh, they're buying a lot more stuff and they are not as likely to churn here. And you can see that relationship depicted quite easily and nicely in feature effects. And finally, a feature that really would have saved me a lot of time in my previous role that I wish I had access to, uh, part of the reason why I'm at Data Robot right now is I think this is really a knockout feature, is prediction explanations. Prediction explanations show the most significant reasons why a model made a specific prediction at the individual prediction level. So a lot of the times the end user of a model might say, why was this prediction made for this particular customer? This prediction explanation section is where you would come and understand that why there. So let's uh, look at our lowest prediction made from the model here just to quickly see what that looks like. And this impact column here, you can see the minuses. The minuses are pushing our likelihood to churn down, whereas pluses are going to push the likelihood to churn up. So you can see that this individual made nine purchases in the last year. It's been zero days since their last purchase. So they were on the website buying something today and they spent a huge amount of time on the website. These are some of the reasons why this prediction is so low for this individual. And to contrast that with a very high prediction, we can see that uh, we have pluses for our impact here uh, for this uh, for this row ID. And you can see they've only made one purchase in the last year. It's been about 180 days since that last purchase and they haven't spent much time on the website here. So these are all the reasons why the likelihood is so high to churn for this particular individual. And throughout the demo so far today, you've seen a theme that everything that we do in this platform is explainable and documented. Compliance reports are available to document every single step in the machine learning process, from pre-processing to hyperparameters, details applied about the algorithm applied to our data. In some industries, you might require documentation of a model before you can actually put it into production. In heavily regulated industries, there's actually fines associated with not having proper model documentation. Automatically generated reports are a huge differentiator for data robot, and these are going to massively reduce the time needed to write and document these types of compliance reports. Not only is this important from a regulatory standpoint, but also from a model governance and organizational understanding of how your AI is working. This is about a 40 page document that contains all of the modeling steps. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know any data scientist, quite frankly, who actually want to write an exhaustive 40 page conceptual proof of uh, 
what they did in addition to actually building the model and using data robot you don't have to do that because it's built right in i'll also mention that these compliance reports are customizable so you can include as much or as little information here as you want and also add sections like company specific use guidelines or, or similar now um, we've talked a lot about building this model and we have a pretty good model here uh, this model looks good enough for the purpose of this demo, and we want to start generating predictions to assist with our churn retention process. You can navigate to the predict tab for any model on the leaderboard. And if you had a CSV file of new records to score, uh, you can easily drag and drop them here. Um, you could also use the R or Python APIs to, to score data that way as well. And now that we're talking about actually scoring new data, creating new predictions here, we're going to move to the ML ops portion of our platform. A common theme in data science is that very few models actually make it to production. Jeff talked about that at the beginning of a call. Also, the models that do make it into production, sometimes that takes a very long time. For our e-commerce example today, it's very important to monitor and understand our model's health over time. If there are all of a sudden new items or promotion types or loyalty programs uh, that our model did not train on, the new model predictions that are generated there might be suspect. And if that churn model starts failing to accurately predict if a customer is going to actually churn, that's a material risk to the business, right? That's a situation that might require a model rebuild or replacement. But putting models into production, this is an integral part of the machine learning lifecycle. And using DataRobot MLOps, we have access for an easy way for everybody to get eyes and ears on all of the different models that we have deployed. What we're looking at here, this is the MLOps dashboard, and it shows all of our deployed models. And I want to draw your attention to these three particular metrics here that give you a high level view of how your model is performing into production. So the first is service health. Service health is going to track metrics about a model deployment's ability to respond to prediction requests quickly and consistently. The next is data drift, which is a calculation of how the incoming data for prediction differs from the data used to train the model. And finally, model accuracy. Accuracy, uh, MLOps can associate the real world churn results uh, with the predictions made from the model and it can compare the accuracy between those two for analysis. And this can really help identify if the model should be retrained or replaced. And using MLOps, you can set up triggers to notify someone if the model performance degrades below a certain threshold. You can set up uh, continuous retraining of a model. So whenever you get new data, the model will automatically learn from it. You can set up approval workflows. It's very easy to do in MLOps. Let's say you have an analyst or citizen data scientist build a model but you'd like a seasoned data scientist to evaluate that model before, you get into, before putting it into production. You can easily set up that approval workflow to establish those gates for model lifecycle events. And that's gonna ensure that the right eyes get input on a model before it's productionalized. And a huge differentiator I'd like to emphasize for DataRobot and MLOps, no other platform offers anything similar to this, is with MLOps, you can bring models from other sources. So if you have a model that, a model that was built in SageMaker or in Jupyter Notebook or SAS Enterprise Guide, it's hosted in GitHub, many different places models can live. You can actually leverage MLOps to monitor the health of those models 
wherever they were deployed or however they were developed. And this type of platform agnostic monitoring really allows for flexibility in where you develop your models, as well as prevents vendor lock-in only using one solution. And finally, uh, today I want to introduce you to DataRobot Pathfinder. So Pathfinder is a free online resource that has hundreds of different AI use cases in many different industry verticals. So if you are working with a customer who operates in retail, just type in retail into the Pathfinder, and that's going to suggest many different relevant industry use cases and these are use cases that DataRobot actually helped customers solve. So uh, there's lots of different use cases for AI out there. And this is a really important resource uh, because everybody wants to get going with AI, but sometimes you don't know what is possible with AI. And Pathfinder is going to bridge that gap to share stories about what is possible as well as notebooks and examples there. Not only do you get an overview of the different applications of AI, but you also in many cases get a detailed description of the problem frame the data layout used to build the model, and of course, the story of how these AI solutions help drive business value. Uh, so I know we've covered a lot today, but I just want to say thank you, everyone, for being such a good audience. I'm really happy uh, Great Data Minds uh, gave us the opportunity to share a demo of Data Robots AI Cloud with you. And um, at this point, I think I'd like to open it up to any questions uh, that you may have. Yeah, thank you, Ian. That was amazing. We do have a handful of questions. Jeff okay. is uh, knocking off a couple of them. Um, and, um, but there are, oh shoot, where'd it go? Okay. Mike? Yeah, Mike, I've, I've got them here ready actually. And I okay. wanted to go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Mention just a couple things. If, if th this was a tip of the iceberg that, that we showed y'all, there's a, we could go deep into any one of these areas and spend a couple hours walking through what's been built. It, it, it is pretty amazing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what I would like to offer to anyone here is that if you do have any follow-up questions, please let us know. We're happy to take conversations one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Um, what we do is when folks have an idea and they want to go uh, actually test this out within their organization, we do what we call a proof of value, which is where we frame the baseline, understand what you're trying to achieve, and then you know help kind of put an action plan together to go you know execute on, on that and show you value. Um, so I did want to make sure that everyone knew that, as well as Julie and Mike, um, the team at Great Data Minds. They've got a, a data lab and actually a bunch of folks who are trained up and uh, who know how to leverage our technology as well. So you know we can work together with them. I would also suggest you know definitely work with these folks. They are experts in the data field and um, have been doing this for for some time. So, but a couple of questions. I know we only got about two or three minutes left. Um, Ian, I was knocking them off the ones that I felt confident in. Um, but I did want job. to, yeah, I wanted, wanted to bring a couple up that I thought would probably be better for you to handle. Um, okay. One of them was, uh, does DataRobot perform real-time analytics? And I'm not sure if we need a little bit more information to kind of answer that intelligently. I, I, I'm happy to cover that. So I, I think there's two, DataRobot, first of all, supports many high-speed uh, scoring options. So if you need predictions available in real time, we have real time predictions available. If you need to deploy your code uh, in an external code base that's locked down that doesn't have internet access, we have the ability to export our scoring code. If you want to take a uh, model and dockerize it and containerize that so it can run on uh, you know anything that can run that Docker container, you can absolutely do that. We offer out of the box support for command line predictions, uh, uh, API predictions, uh, UI predictions, and we support absolutely both real-time and batch scoring. Awesome. Okay, couple yeah. more, Ian. Let's see if sure. we, can, we can get through them real quick. Uh, okay. Any functionality to generate synthetic data? 
So we don't have synthetic data generation available um, as of yet, but if that is a feature that you find yourself using and that becomes more frequent, we can act absolutely bring that to the product team and uh, talk to them about uh, how that might be helpful there. Because a lot of the times getting access to data is, is the prohibitive part of getting started there. So I totally see the value there too. Um, we, we have many different uh, data sets available in Pathfinder and guides about what that will look like. So I'd suggest starting with Pathfinder if you're looking for uh, examples for uh, data layouts. Absolutely. Thank you, Ian and Jeff. Um, there's a couple more questions that are unanswered. We are going to do a follow-up offline um, and send them to, to the uh, folks that um, pose the questions. Thank you, gentlemen, so very much. Data Robot, great. rock. As always. Yeah. Guys, Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thanks for your time. Really appreciate right. it all. Have a good appreciate day. Appreciate your time. All right, guys. All right, Bye,